0: Good afternoon. Welcome. Thank you guys so much for sticking around. That was, I think we can already say the jury is in that that was our best potluck today. That was really good. So good job, guys. <laughs> we'll have joined the Southern Baptist Convention before you know it. So, Well, let me do this. Let me open uh, with a word of prayer. Pastor Travis, I don't think, I think I'm springing this on you. Could, do you have the ability to do the, the text-in questions? I have the number in there if people text-in questions in your laptop. Maybe. Sounds good. Start texting in questions in a minute here. Uh, Let me pray first. Yeah. Either that is the special number that Pastor Travis can check on his computer, or it's just somebody in Bellevue who we don't know, and they're going to start getting all sorts of questions. (laughs) Let me, definitely now, let me pray. I don't want to lose my sermon notes All right, let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your faithfulness to us as a church. God, we are so grateful uh, for the many, many, many ways that you have proven yourself over and over again. And Father God, we thank you for this family gathering today, uh, thankful for so many who could be here to be a part of this conversation, uh, to talk about <clears throat> this next season for us as a church, what is coming for us, what what we know is coming, what we're unsure is coming, what we uh, hope to see you do here in the in the next few weeks and months, and, and God, even years beyond. Just ask for your blessing on this time. Help myself, the other uh, elders, to communicate uh, with clarity, with love, with grace, and, and above all else, um, God, help us to really love one another during this season of transition. God, during times of change, there's always opportunities for um, bumps and bruises, hurt feelings, miscommunications, all those sorts of things, and so we really want to just love each other well uh, and honor you and how we treat each other. Uh, we pray a blessing on this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, first of all, let me just do a little very brief recap from, from last week. I just want to celebrate Easter. For, I, everybody got, go back one real quick. Has everybody got that number if you want to send a text message in? Uh, write it down if you have a question. Take a picture of the screen. Uh, that's our text in your questions number that we used before, and so it should work. Okay, celebrating Easter. I just want you guys to know a couple things. First of all, we had over 1,100 people totaled between Good Friday and Easter, all five services last week. And and what's really encouraging? I mean, multiple multiple people bringing friends, family members, neighbors, coworkers, non-Christians, people who are just brand new Christians. It is so incredibly encouraging to me to see our church really uh, begin to step out in the idea of evangelism. I know, in particular, uh, I think there's a couple of things. Let me just let me just say. Two things, brief on this. Number one is, uh, in the past, as as Mars Hill Church, I think that Mark had such a gift of evangelism that a lot of people in the church kind of assumed my job is just to invite people to church, and then Mark will preach the gospel and they can get saved. I've been really feeling convicted. I don't I don't have that same type of gift of evangelism, and I believe that God really wants us as a church to all of us learn how to be evangelists and to be not only inviting to church, but inviting to our homes and to have conversations with people uh, about Jesus, and then obviously with 2014, being as challenging and difficult of the year as it was, ain't nobody inviting nobody to church during that year. So uh, it's really encouraging to see that really feels like that corner's been turned. People are excited. People are just absolutely um, thankful for the work that God has done here at this church, and we're giving just Jesus all the credit and all the glory for that. It's been such an amazing run. Uh, Some of you guys may not know this number, but 201 volunteers helped out and contributed over the course of that whole weekend. So Now... Our numbers might be slightly off because I was involved in the computations, but Kyle and I sat and had several lists and looked over how many people were serving between kids and operations and the musicians and the scripture readers and all of that. So 201 people between all five of those services really helping to make that happen. So for you who contributed, and that's probably the vast majority of you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And then again, as not all of you were there at the services, you weren't there for all three services, you may not know, we saw 15 people, Professor faith in Jesus and get baptized uh, last week with, this might be my favorite statistic of all, an 82-year age range. So pull up that first slide. This is me getting to baptize my daughter, Reagan. She is six years old. Uh, She has been... Asking to be baptized for well over a year, and we've kind of tried to slow her down a little bit. Said, "Hey, wait till you're a little bit older." And and she has just been adamant. No, I love Jesus. I I know that He saved me because now I want to repent and I want to read the Bible and I know I love Jesus and I just got to get baptized. And so she has been asking and wore us down. So I got to baptize my daughter, and then uh, Doug Freiberg, one of our elder candidates, got to baptize his parents, uh, his mother and his father, uh, next slide, who I believe is 88 years old. So that is an 82-year. I'm no mathematician. That is an 82-year age spread. Side note, Doug, after that, decided to hightail it to Hawaii. So he's in Hawaii. And he just sent me this text five minutes ago of a set-up teardown church in Kona. And so I guess the announcement now is I will be leaving and moving to Kona. that looks amazing. Um, so yeah, we can, yeah, we can find a building. If you find that building in Linwood, you let me know, Daniel. <laughs> let me just talk to you for a quick minute about where we see God, God leading us. Obviously, uh, 2014 was a really challenging year, really difficult year. 2015 was really a season of rebuilding. This was God. Um, doing a work in us of resetting the foundations, being reminded of why we are a church, having the relational connections strengthened. Uh, and then just from a practical standpoint, we've had a lot of work to do in terms of practically rebuilding the foundations. We've had bylaws to write and leadership teams to put in place and processes to to put in place. And so 2015 has been in many ways, was in many ways, just a season of rebuilding. And towards the end of the year, I really felt God starting to stir in my heart and talking with the elder team and, and we prayed about this and talked about it just feeling like 2016 is officially moved out of that season of rebuilding, and it really is moving into a season of, of thriving and in a season of seeing God move us forward. And then we kind of had this wrench thrown in the middle of all this with this, this building, you know, the, the Shoreline School District said, hey, we're going to reopen this place as a school, and so you guys are going to have to be out by June. And so we're kind of like, oh, shoot, what are we going to do? And so we kind of have been scrambling, but really uh, feeling like that this, this idea of the building is not the goal. Okay? Uh, can you go to that next slide, the next one? The building purchase is not the goal. <clears throat> we, we made a couple of attempts to buy a building. Um, those both fell through, I think, wisely because they would have just stretched us too far financially for us to, to fit, for us to have enough money to do the, the um, construction needed, etc. And, and at the end of the day, we said, you know what? Purchasing a building is not the goal. Here's what our goal is. And it really boils down to our mission statement. Our goal is to glorify God by proclaiming Jesus, receiving grace, being disciples, and making disciples. Can we do those things in a school auditorium? Yeah, you better believe it. Can we do those things in your homes around the region? Yes. Can we do those things in a, a new office building that's not connected to where we worship for Sundays? Yes, absolutely. Jesus can and does save people. Jesus can and does grow people in all sorts of venues. He did it in caves in the early church. He does it in, uh, you know, nice fancy buildings, and he's going to do it, I believe, in a high school auditorium for the foreseeable future. And actually, what's interesting, as soon as we first kind of started talking about the fact that that's what was going to happen, one of our covenant members, she sent me an email, says, hey, you know, we've only been part of the church for a little less than a year, and you may not know all about our story, but I rededicated my life to the Lord, and my husband got saved in a mobile setup, Teardown Church, on the East Coast, and so she and, and, and he both sent me um, kind of their version of the story. They matched, actually. It was really good. They both emailed me their story and I'm going to try to put that into a blog post later this week so you can read because we believe that Jesus can do good things in people's lives no matter what the venue is. Amen? So the, the, building, the building purchase, while we were hoping that that could happen we could make that happen, really wasn't the goal, and God's been really gracious to provide us the space for our morning services in, in Linwood High School, and we'll talk more about that in a minute. Go to the next one, please. And here's the thing. We really want to shepherd people well through this transition. Like I said, even as I was praying, these times of transitions can have bumps and bruises. There could be miscommunications. There could be hurt feelings. I just want to ask each and every one of you, let's commit to really loving each other well and honoring Jesus well through this series of transitions. Um, you know, like, I'll give you four example. We have one family that lives uh, pretty far down in the North Seattle area, and they're, they are already driving a pretty good ways even to come this far north into Shoreline. And they have their kids in school down there, and they've got uh, some friends in that area, and they had emailed us last week and and said, hey, we've actually been visiting another church that's down in the area, and we love you guys so much, and we're going to make a transition. And I know those, I actually know those pastors that said it's a good church. You'd be well-loved there, well-cared for there. And so they made that transition. I think that's a, a picture of what loving each other well could look like. Or some of you serve on a serve team. Like, hey, we used to do it this way. Well, now we have to do it this way. Well, I don't like doing it this way. One of the ways you can love is like, well, This is kind of how we have to do it. There's probably a thousand examples, but really our heart as pastors is to shepherd this body well and to really love one another well through this season of transition. So what do you say, Sound City? Can we make that commitment to one another to really seek to honor Jesus and to love one another well? Good? All right, let me give you just a few high-level things on the plan, just the general plan. April 24th, our last service is here. I know, right? So count them. Today? Today? Three more. Boom. So April 24th, our last service is here, and that means May 1st will be our first services in the new locations. Uh, I, I don't have a slide for this. We're not 100% yet, but we're likely to be... Um, signing a lease on an office space that's right nearby the the Sports Authority on 44th and and 200th, kind of right back in the office complex there. So we should have more information on that this week. I think we're going to go visit it one more time and make sure it's going to work for us. And then uh, we'll have an office space there. It's got offices. It's got a nice room that's about the size of the commons over there so we can do our midweek classes and our student ministry and band practices and things like that. So praise God for that. He's been gracious for us. But for the Sunday services, the Sunday worship services, the morning, we're going Going to be meeting in Linwood High School. We'll show you a picture of it a little bit more later, but Linwood High School has a very beautiful auditorium. It seats 350 people, which is a tiny bit more than the number of chairs we set out here, but it actually feels, in my mind, it feels smaller because it's stadium seating, and it's kind of like a almost a full 180, so everybody's like really close, and everybody's looking down on me, so that's going to be interesting preaching <clears throat> to change my direction from this to this. Uh, really beautiful space. They've got two different hallways uh, full of classrooms that they're going to be letting us use for kids' space. Uh, the staff has been remarkably gracious and very accommodating for us. They have had a church there for, I believe it was over 10 years, was it 12 years, something like that. And that church just recently moved out, and they realized, hey, we really liked having a church in here. And so uh, they've been waiting and hoping and, and I don't know, praying that, that another church would move in and so we get to help them, and and I think we've got some really good opportunities to love and serve that school as well. Our PM services, I I hate to say this, we're still trying to wrestle through and figure that out. We had a a meeting a few weeks ago with the people at the 5 p.m. service, and there are a significant number of people who can only come to the 5 p.m. service, whether that's for work complications or schedule or or different things, and so we, we talked about doing this transition. We We can't do an evening service at Linwood High School for two reasons. Number one, that would literally double the number of hours that we're in the space, and we pay by the hour, so it literally doubles the cost, and, which we don't believe is a good stewardship of the finances, and number two is we'd be asking our smallest group of people, our smallest service, to do a, a big job, a lot of work in packing up all the gear at the end of the day and tearing down all of the equipment, and so we're trying to figure out something different and creative. I'll just tell you, this is, it hasn't worked out, But I actually went over and asked Diamond Knot restaurant if we could do our 5 p.m. service over there in their side room uh, because I figured it'd be cool we could do something really casual, we could have a guy with an acoustic guitar, we can preach, we could take communion and then have nachos um, and be our biggest service pretty soon. Uh, but they, they said no. <clears throat> so I've actually... We're looking into a couple of other creative ideas like that. It may be that we end up just doing the services in our new office space and just try to have something like that. Maybe we'll find a a restaurant, a cafe. Uh, Maybe there's kind of a community center. And and actually, I would really appreciate if any of you have any good suggestions or leads on that, come talk to me about that for our PM services because we still want to, That's part of what we want to do, is loving, caring shepherding those people that are part of the 5 p.m. service. Now, many in the 5 p.m. service can make the switch to the morning service, and that'll be okay. But for those who can't, we still want to uh, try to find some way to, to care for them through that. Then for the month of May... We're gonna basically be moving out of this building. So May 1st, we start our new services. We don't actually have to be out of this building until June 1st, so that's good news. Gives us a little bit of uh, of a grace period. And so during the month of May, we're gonna be having work parties to come in. The school has actually been really gracious with us. We don't have to do a ton, but we have to obviously move all of our stuff out. Things like, you know, this room is gonna be the most work. We've got lighting and sound equipment that's installed and all these sound panels. So we're just gonna have to have some work parties and one of the things we'll communicate with you more about, but is having an idea of having community groups like once a month or twice in that month. If you meet on Tuesday nights regularly, rather than having your regularly scheduled community group night, come here to the church building and help do one of these work parties for the evening and we'll we'll uh, we'll make short order of it. We're going to move some stuff into storage for longer term for when uh, we believe God could provide us a long-term home. Some stuff will move to the, uh, uh, the new office space, and then other stuff will probably just move directly into the dumpster because it's been sitting around here for far too long. So we'll be communicating with you more on some of those work parties as they're coming. And then one more here. Uh, the same yet different. Here's, here's what I want to uh, emphasize on this part. There are going to be some things that will absolutely be the same. We're going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're going to open the Bible every Sunday. We're going to sing. We're going to celebrate. We're going to view children's ministry not as babysitting, but as discipleship. Amen? We want to keep as many of those things the same. However, there will be some things that are are different. Let me just give you two, four examples, just so you can kind of understand what I'm talking about. So the same, we still want to celebrate communion every week. However, two complications. Number one, Linwood High School— is a a school, and you can't have alcohol on school property, so we cannot serve wine for communion. Second complication is it's a theater, and there's aisles, and they're kind of steep, and walking up and down. It would be uh, cumbersome or possibly even dangerous to try to have everybody walk down to the front to receive communion and and practice it the way that we have been. And so we're going to be passing the juice cups thing, right? So you guys can go back to your old... uh, Plastic shot glasses of juice days, right?
1: <laughs>
0: Who just said yes, Jamin? Was that you? <laughs> Man, you know it's a little, it's a little something. It's a little, I don't know, maybe hokey or whatever, but. It doesn't matter. We're still going to celebrate the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus Christ every week. Amen? And and the method is, is of less importance than the fact that we still want to celebrate. Um, giving, same, same sort of a thing. We're going to have to work with our financial stewards. We don't have nice chairs that have a place to put the give envelopes. So the give envelopes, you know, we'll have them at the Connect desk if you regularly give via check or whatever. Uh, grab an envelope from the Connect desk or we'll have our, our welcome team maybe just have some on hand too to give out if you need one. Um, and then like the downstairs doors closing. So when you first want walk in, you kind of walk in, the main hallways are all on the ground floor. Well, once the service starts, if you walk through those doors, it kind of shoots you out. Like imagine, imagine like right where Michael's right there, you'd be kind of walking in to the church service right there and then you have to climb all the way back up. So what we're going to do is once the church service starts, you go up the stairs and you enter through the back door. So just little things like that. Our welcome team will have to, you know, put a little sign out that says service is in progress, please enter upstairs, and then you just tackle anybody that tries to go through those doors, right? So just some little different things, just some minor tweaks. Nothing that is, you know, no change of theology, no change of doctrine, but just some big uh, practical things that will just change on a week-to-week basis. So, with all that said, that's the general plan. I'd like to, is there anything I'm forgetting, Pastor Travis, before I hand it off to you? Uh, One question. question. We have been averaging between 50 and 70 people for the 5 p.m. service. Where's Kyle? Kyle? Did Kyle leave? Kyle's like, I am moving. I'm going to Hawaii. <laughs> All right. That sounds about right, right? 50 to 75 people. Some of those will make the switch to the morning service, and others still really could use the, the, the 5 p.m. So again, a room that could seat 50, 60, 70 people would be great. So um, I'll come back up in a little bit when we close it out, but let me hand it off to Pastor Travis to talk some practical things.
1: So folks occasionally ask, like, what does it look like for us as elders and encouraging each other and keeping each other accountable, and, and we do. We call each other out. I want you all to know that this week, while we were planning this meeting, Aaron said he could cover his part in 10 minutes, and Shane and I quickly rebuked that lie. <laughs> we kind of looked at him and just laughed, we were like, no, really, how long? And, <laughs> and so, so we let him know there was no way that was happening, and sure enough, 15 minutes later, we, good job, Aaron. Um, All right, so I get to talk about a handful of changes that are coming up Um, The first one that uh, we have not really gotten to publicly share we we have in a few smaller arenas But not in front of the whole church like this Um, We actually uh, received approval from the elder team as well as a financial accountability team to hire an additional staff member to help with all of the logistics that come up from an upcoming move like we're about to face so we hired Michael Eller Many of y'all know Michael. He has been leading the prayer team. Uh, his wife, Samantha, is one of the uh, primary leads for the this- Student or the excuse me the kids ministry, Uh, they have both just served incredibly faithfully and uh, Pastor Aaron actually knew Michael from way back in his time in Mars Hill Tacoma, and Michael and uh, Samantha were heavily involved down there and and Michael uh, ever since Pastor Aaron's known him has communicated a real heart to um, uh, be prepared for and someday uh, walk into pastoral ministry and so he kind of feels that that pastoral calling and has been training and just really seeking a lot of mentorship to to prepare him for that uh, Lord willing down the road and so. So we were really excited. This seems like a great step in that direction to allow him to come in and really have his hands on a lot of different aspects of operations within the church. So we're excited about that. And is that a question for me or? Oh, okay. Okay. But so we're super excited to have him. Uh, Initially, he will be uh, helping do a lot of the logistics around getting us moved and getting this building cleared out. and So organizing a lot of the work parties and things of that nature. There will be some overlap between he and Kyle because he'll actually take over a lot of the Sunday operations teams and have a focus in that area. Uh, And as he focuses there, that'll free Kyle up to do more and more with the students as well. Long term, we'll end up having some reshuffling. Uh, Like it's quite likely Kyle would end up taking. taking on more of kids' ministry, freeing up Pastor Shane to do more with the counseling and care ministry. Um, With Michael and Kyle both, it's freed me up to have a lot more time to focus on community groups. Uh, Right now, we've got about 22 community groups, and out of all of them, there are only about seven with any capacity, and most of those that have capacity have room for like, a single or maybe a married couple with no kids, or at best, like a couple with a young kid, uh, but we are very limited on our capacity in community groups, and so we're working hard to try and get uh, more people trained and more groups launched, and so all that to say, in the broader picture of what's going on, having Michael to help with this move is a huge blessing, and then long-term, it'll be uh, continue to be a blessing just because it'll free up additional man hours that, that we can use to focus on uh, continuing to grow health in the different areas of ministry that are a priority for this church. And so with that, we're super excited to have Michael here. Um, As we look at the move, uh, Pastor Aaron already mentioned, but I want to highlight again, we will have a dry run training day on, I think he mentioned this, on April 30th. So our first Sunday is going to be that May 1st, but the day before, that Saturday from 9 to 1, They're going to open up so we can come in and actually do a dry run, walk through all the teams, show them all of the different areas. You'll get a chance to tour the building to see what the different kids' wings looks like. But most importantly, it'll allow each of our teams to actually walk through what a Sunday is going to look like uh, before we're in the middle of a Sunday service. And so this will be huge, especially for teams like Financial Stewards and Communion, because it is going to look very different in that space. One example, uh, if you picture a big auditorium, and Pastor Aaron said you kind of um, walk out the, the entrances right up front, right in front of the stage, and then you have to walk up. Well, once you walk up, the communion and financial stewards will probably have to go out the doors down the stairs outside, and then come out, uh, come in the, the 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 lower doors up front, and then start all over again for the communion. It's just going to be a really different flow, and we want to make sure to have time to walk through that. We'll have time for the parking team to look at what it's going to look like to set stuff up outside, etc. So for everyone, as important as today, is, it'll be equally as important to try and have as many people as possible on that Sunday, or excuse me, on that Saturday for the dry run, for the walkthrough, to take a look at what everything's gonna look like in that new facility. So go ahead and mark your calendars that Saturday, April 30th from nine to one. Um, I- I'll say this as well, it's, it's like 95% sure. Our contact, um, at the school has said that there's no conflicts, it should be fine, uh, but she has to submit it to uh, a board that gives official approval, and so we have not received the official approval, but she doesn't see any reason for conflict. They're eager to get us in there, and they also said once we get it set up, we'll be able to leave everything there uh, Saturday so that it's already set up for us on that first Sunday. Um, So with that, I'm going to get to walk through kind of each of the different teams just real quickly. I don't want to get laborious as as we do this, but I want to give you all a a little more detail than Pastor Aaron did on what teams are going to be different, uh, what teams are going to be the same. Um, This is especially important. I have given Pastor Aaron those little hands, I think everybody's got them now. Uh, Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, Do you all know where the sheet's at? It's on my desktop. Oh, you just copies. There you go. They're smart. Um... Um, But so with these different teams, um, some of the teams will look the exact same. Like hospitality, we've got a great hospitality team. We're not going to need more people for hospitality in the new setup, but some of the teams will be different. So let's walk through these. I think Pastor Aaron's got a few slides here. Uh, First and foremost, something we haven't had to have in the past, we need a transporter. um, Someone that will pick up and return the trailer each week. Now, we're really blessed. Uh, Jamin Barker, I think, is sitting over here. Jamin uh, has a place out in Snohomish that has actually um, got three large RV storage bays, and he's going to allow us to rent one of those uh, at a a great rate. So we'll be able to keep the trailer at his property out in Snohomish. Um, And he will be driving it in a lot of the weeks, but we need a couple of guys with trucks that can serve as a backup. So on weeks where he's not able to come in or if his kids are sick and he has to stay home, whatever it may be, we're going to need a couple of different guys to help that can drive out, grab the trailer, get it to Linwood first thing in the morning, uh, and then bring it back at the end of the day. So if you've got a truck and are capable and willing, uh, you might want to mark that you would be open to being one of the transporters to help out. And then we're going to have a breakfast team. Uh, we have some friends that uh, uh, at Evergreen Church, and he used to help with uh, churches in Hawaii, and they did set up and tear down. And he said the number one key was having lots of protein for whoever was working in the mornings. So he said they would always bring in lots of bacon and eggs or what have you. So we're going to have a two-man or man, woman, whatever that would be, two-person team uh, every week that'll show up as soon as everyone else shows up and start cooking. And then we'll have breakfast around eight o'clock or so. We'll go through a schedule in a minute, but we'll actually have breakfast. So once we've gotten everything set up, you can then come and grab pancakes, eggs, bacon, whatever it is that we end up cooking. We'll have access to the... um, They didn't have this when I was in high school, but they have to get this huge, like, kitchen room that the kids take class in, and so we're able to use that room and plug in, like, electric skillets and things like that, so we'll be able to cook breakfast. We'll serve breakfast for the volunteer team. Now, this is kind of a cool opportunity because for a lot of... A lot of folks in the past, if they've come and they want to serve, some of the teams, if you plug in and are serving, you might not have a lot of chance to interact. Well now, if you come and do a part of setup, whatever team you're a part of in the morning, you'll actually get to interact with people at the church, have breakfast, share 30 minutes as you're sitting down at the table before the services get launched. So that'll be a really neat opportunity and some great chance to kind of build some additional camaraderie and relationships within the teams and within the the church body. Um, And so we're looking for two people each Sunday, we'd love to have two different people um, each week of the month, so we're looking for a total of about eight people to sign up for the breakfast team. Um, I'll be signing up for that. I love cooking pancakes for people. Um, We'll also have the hospitality team. Um, For this, we should need one for setup, one to refresh in between the two services, and then one for cleanup. So we're thinking three people each Sunday, four-week rotation would be 12 people total. That's fairly similar to what we have now. Uh, Next slide, please. Uh, a parking team. Um, there's really only one critical spot where we need somebody standing. Uh, as you come into the school, the the there's parking all the way around the school building, and we'll need somebody to point people to head north into the particular parking lot that leads into the entrance we'll be using. And so especially the first few weeks while people are new and getting used to that, we'll need somebody out there. The bigger thing though is we'll need one or two people to set out the parking signs. Um, Depending on what signs we end up with, the current ones are pretty heavy, like it's hard for me to put them out on my own. So we'll need ideally two people each week just to get the signs out and then to stand out there and flag people in. And then at the end of the 11 o'clock service, we'll need somebody to pick up those signs. So we'll need uh, parking team people Um, Ideally, one for each service, and and after the 11 o'clock has gotten uh, started, whoever is out in the parking lot can pick up the signs. They don't actually have to stay out until the end. But So we'll need folks for parking if you'd like to help with that team. Uh, For the welcome team, you know... Ideally, we've always wanted people at each of the different doors, but if worse came to worse, we could survive with just one person at this door and one of the pastors out front. In the new location, we really will need different people because there are literally four different entrances that people could be going into. And after the service starts, as Pastor Aaron said, we'll need to close both of the bottom doors so that people aren't walking right out in front of the whole church uh, when they walk in the auditorium, but they can actually come up the back and then walk to their seat. Um, and so we'll need uh, quite a few more well. Welcome people for both of the uh, morning services. So, ideally, as we kind of thought about the different places we'll want people, we'll need about seven per service. That's 14 each Sunday. Uh, if we do a two week rotation, that's about 28 different people helping to greet. Um, and so, especially in the first few months as people are new to the facility and whatnot, we'll wanna make sure that we've really got those people positioned. So, if you are game to help with that, please check the box and turn that in here in a little bit. Next slide. Um, I think I've already touched on these, but we'll need to do a better job directing traffic in the new space because when you first walk in, there's actually two different kids' wings. There's uh, one single area for kids' check-in. Then there's multiple entrances into the auditorium, and so we'll need people helping direct traffic. Uh, We'll need people covering the multiple entrances, and then again, after the service begins, we'll still need the greeters outside to help uh, explain why the doors are closed, again, at least for the first few weeks while we're getting started. But even after that, as new people are visiting, they won't know, and so we'll always need some additional greeters to help. Next slide facilities is one that's a little different because the uh, school requires for us to pay for a janitor to be on site or a a custodian. So they do all of the cleanup. Um, At the same time, we want to be gracious to them and and, uh, the communion. (laughs) For those of y'all that were excited, I'm afraid you're going to be disappointed. They're not the old little communion cups and then a separate tray with the bread. We've actually found pre-packaged where like it's a cup with a seal on it and then a little piece of bread with another seal on it. So it's like it's communion in a cup ready to go. Like you peel it back, you eat your bread, you peel it back again, you take your juice. So, whoever was excited, it's, it might not be quite what you're thinking. Um. But it's a pretty slick deal all the same, and it is lots of trash when you're done. And what we don't want is trash all in the aisles that they have to go and sweep up. So we'll probably have our facilities team just doing a sweep through to make sure that there's, there's uh, no communion cups in the auditorium. Uh, but beyond that, uh, other than just obvious pieces of trash, we won't be doing a lot of the cleanup. So it might be for current facilities team that y'all wanna jump on parking, uh, or you might find somewhere else you wanna serve. Uh, but that's a team that will likely change up because we won't need as many hands cleaning up in the the involved way that we have had to do here. Um, Go to the next slide, please. Security, Um, we will definitely need to increase our security to a solid three people per service, and the reason is there are two separate kids' wings. Now, we will only need one security team per each wing, but we will need a security person for each of the different kids' wings, and then we will need a security person with the money. Uh, It's a very different situation. We won't have like a secure room to go to. We'll have a separate room to go count, but it'll be a shared room with some of the other, um, like band and things like that. So we will need security in the auditorium and sticking with the money, uh, just for financial stewardship and and, uh, being careful there. Excuse me, as well as with the kids. So we'll need three each service, six each Sunday, ideally with a four week rotation, that would be 24 security guards. Uh, So if you are a member, uh, and that is a a member position, um, and you would have interest in helping with that, check the box and let us know. What else? For community and financial stewards, it'll be uh, fairly similar in terms of the number of people that are needed, uh, but when we Breakout, we're gonna take a little bit of time, Uh, kids are gonna break out, and then we'll have a few of the operations team stay in here. If you currently serve as community and financial stewards, we've actually got a handful of questions and we want your help thinking through how we can make this work. Um, So I'll save those questions for, for the breakout, but just know a few things will be changing based on the flow of the auditorium. For the Connect Desk, we'll need one each service, so that's two each Sunday or a total of eight people helping with the Connect Desk. Uh, for the prayer team, we ideally would want four each service, eight each Sunday, 16 total. Uh, that'll be another group where we kind of have to think through what it looks like because it's, it's um, people are coming down front, like you're in front of the whole church when you're at the bottom there, so we'll need to think through how and where we do our prayer. Maybe we can do it like in the little um, walkways um, so there's a little more privacy. Um, but we'll need your help thinking through what prayer team looks like in terms of where we host that next. Uh, and this is just a, a really rough schedule uh, for what we're thinking our morning would look like. Uh, first crew shows up at six fifty-five. Uh, we plan to kick off with a Bible study uh, and a quick prayer, and then setup begins. Uh, we'll be pulling everything out of our trailer. We'll have a bunch of roller cases with all of the band equipment, but also all of the cases for hospitality, all of the cases for kids ministry. Once all of those are wheeled out, each of the different groups will do their own setup. And then around 7.30, the band and production will hopefully be fully set up and can start rehearsing. At eight o'clock, breakfast will be served. So we'll have an hour to do the setup. Then we'll have breakfast from 8 to 8.30. At whatever point the band is done, they would come join the rest of the setup operations teams for breakfast. And then uh, around 8.20, we'll gather for a weekly game plan and as well a time of prayer as an entire group for everybody that's there. And then moving to the next slide, around 8.30, the kids ministry would have their normal kickoff meeting. And by 8.40, we would be service ready, meaning all volunteers are in place. So if you're somebody that's part of, for example, the welcome team, and you're not set up, but you are coming for the the welcome, then you would want to show up for that initial 8.20 kickoff meeting, and then everybody would be in place and ready to go by 8.40 to greet as uh, everybody starts arriving. Um, 9.55, musician production will be in place, and 9 o'clock, first service begins, and then we're off and running with the day. Um, I'll send the rest of the schedule out as we talk about the rest of the morning. Yes, sorry, 8.55, uh, 8.55. Pastor Aaron put these slides together. Huh? <laughs> I did send him the content, so he copied and pastes my error. He said earlier today, open confession, he has an error every day in his slides, and we just found it, even if it's my fault. Um, but so we'll send out the rest of the schedule uh, via uh, this, uh, the, the city, uh, not the city, whatever, our CCB. Wow, sorry, it just slipped out. All right, so next, next slide. All right. Um, If you have any questions, uh, we will, number one, text them in. And number two, uh, we'll take some time and try and answer those at the end. Uh, But that obviously was just production, uh, our Sunday operations team, should I say. Uh, We will send out specific communications to the band and production. You all kind of have your own unique stuff that we'll be dealing with. And so you'll have some specific communications coming from Pastor Aaron and Pastor Joe about that. And then now I'm going to hand it over to Pastor Shane to talk about some of the changes with the kids ministry.
2: So you just don't trust the band with the money? Is that kind of why there's a security guard? I'm just kidding. What's that? You guys can do security? Yeah. That's a great That's a great idea. All right. I'll let you guys fight about that. You can figure that out. Uh, so just a few additional notes for kidsmen specifically. Um, not great artwork, but go ahead to the next slide here. One more. So this is kind of what it looks like when you walk in. You're gonna walk in on the one far side, and then as you kind of look across a big wide foyer, you're gonna see a couple different hallways. And so we're gonna end up with these two kids' hallways and then a check-in desk kind of by one of them that's a little more central. And then that'll be directly across from where you kind of go into the theater. And so that's just to give you some orientation for you parents who are out here or for those of you who are on the kids team with us or for those future kids team members. Uh, So that's just to orient you a little bit to that. And that's what kids setup will look like a little bit. We're going to have four older kids rooms, three little rooms, uh, and those hallways will be kind of split up by ages. So that'll work out nicely for us. This might end up being a little bit different just based on the needs, but this is in general kind of what that uh, will look like a little bit. And then, um, for those of you who are in the kids' breakout, I'll, I'll have, I'll have uh, handouts of this as well, and you won't have to remember this for you parents. We'll, we'll make sure and orient you to all that as we get a little bit closer. Go ahead to the next one. So um, from a needs perspective, this is what this is gonna look like. So. As uh, Pastor Travis and Pastor Aaron both mentioned, so we'll get everything out of this trailer, and then there'll be individual setup teams for the different ministries that will um, take those those rolling cases for the most part and move those into position. Uh, for kids specifically, we'll have uh, we'll have a lot of setup stuff to do, like moving all the tables and chairs that are in these existing rooms, getting them uh, stacked up or moved around the room in a way that's going to be safe and no one's going to topple them over on themselves. And then to bring all our equipment in, and then we'll do the same thing on the back end and put up all back exactly as we found it and so we'll have some particular needs on the setup end and some particular needs on the teardown end in kids that a lot of the other ministries won't have Uh, so for that reason we're gonna need additional volunteer setup team for kids and additional volunteer teardown team for kids I'm, I'm suggesting at least four each so those they can rotate a little bit maybe Um, So for some, you've resisted maybe uh, signing up to be a part of kids because you're doing other things or because you just don't feel like that's your thing. Uh, This is one place where you could be a really big help to the church and to the kids' ministry that needs a bunch of help uh, without necessarily having to be in teaching a bunch of kiddos uh, if that doesn't feel like that's your thing. Uh, So that would be a help to us. And there's a couple more spots like that as well that we'll talk about here in a minute. Uh, Other additional volunteer needs. Now, this is just regular needs that we have that I'm explaining here in these couple bullets. But we're up from... Like You guys have heard us give a plea for, for more and more folks to come forward and, and help in kids' ministry, uh, and, and all of a sudden we'll get a surge, and you guys have been really great to, to respond to those needs, but then uh, good, the good problem we've had is that we keep growing. And so we're up from, say, mid-year of 2015, from around 100-ish, 110, to now where we're like averaging 130-ish per week, usually, sometimes as high as 140 or even a little higher. Uh, so even though we've brought more people to the team— We've also got some natural attrition that happens, uh, and that always happens in all ministry areas. And even though we've been bringing on more people, we have not kept pace. So that's before the move. i go ahead to the next one. Uh, so we've also got, uh, in addition to that, other reasons for just need for more volunteers above and beyond to set up and tear down and some of that just in the classrooms is we've got a couple of new classrooms happening. So we started out with kind of a ones classroom uh, that was ones and twos together, rather, and now we've kind of realized, oh, we've got so many in the ones and twos bucket as far as ages that it's it's becoming better for us to split those apart and let those be separate classes so that's one new classroom that, that we've got happening and then we've also got uh, starting on may 1st as we move into the new building we've been calling it our tweens class but we're taking the seven plus that was really been running from seven to eleven which is really t- t- far too large a range uh, to make it really age appropriate and and, uh, most compelling for for kids of all those different ages. And so now we're gonna split that up. And so we'll have the uh, sevens and eights classroom and then we'll have uh, what we were calling the tweens class. I've just got up here younger students. I don't know if that'll stick or not. But uh, so this is that in between age and we're gonna have a separate class for them that's gonna look a little bit different and it's gonna not do this exact same curriculum with the exact same materials as we have been with the kids because we wanna meet them where they're at. And so we'll be doing that. So that's a need for additional volunteers as well that ends up for us is then is either six weekly 12 bi-weekly or 24 monthly volunteers for us to just meet the general classroom needs okay uh do we have one more on that or is that the next okay go back one and let me talk i think i wrote in some extra stuff so one thing that was not on the slides is um in that check-in area that we saw on that uh beautifully designed portrait of uh, the the Breezeway area there at Linwood High. Uh, the check-in area, we're gonna need some folks to kind of just be centrally there and just be present. Yes, this lovely drawing. Uh, so we're gonna need some folks at those check-in stations just to help p- people get oriented and know which wing their kids go to. Now it's not all in one place. It makes it a little more difficult and we wanna make sure with uh, new setup procedures and everything, we wanna make sure we've got folks there to greet new people and just to, to help everybody get where they need to go. And so we're gonna try and add four to six probably check-in folks as well so that they can on a rotating basis just be a friendly face for families as they come, answer any questions they have, things like that. So that's an additional need that we'll have there as well. Now as we talk about challenges in the new space, there's really only one big one. And uh, do we have a picture of the room? I think we were going to put that in here. Do we have a slide for that? Yeah. Um, So I brought my laser pointer. When's the last time you saw a laser pointer? Um, So right down here, this is a really thin area, and there's like one person, maybe two depth there, and then you're like on the stage. Um, you would walk right on the stage. And so there's not a lot of room for like, we're so we're spoiled, right? We've got our kids come in and they run around down here and it's this really cool thing to watch, watching them worship in their own way. Uh, we don't have space for that or they'd be like running into instruments and then Jonathan would get all upset and <laughs> stuff like that. Um, So what we're not going to be able to do, we're not going to be able to probably enjoy, is what we have enjoyed for years, especially uh, when we were Mars Hill, which was they all come in, you go get your kids as soon as the response time starts, you bring them back in, everybody goes through response time together as a family, it's just... It's, it's not going to work in that environment. And this picture does really well, again, it also showing kind of the steepness of this area as well. So even if we were to go get kids and you were going to try and just keep them in your seat, and for some of you, you might just have to do that. You might feel like you have to, or you've got a kiddo that's not feeling well, and you think you can hold them uh, right there with you, and and of course, that's, that's fine. But as a general rule and general practice, we're going to have to kind of maybe form a little bit of a new habit of letting them enjoy the kids' worship because the older kids back there, they, they enjoy a kids' worship each and every week. Let them enjoy that and let us finish up our response time and then go get them at the very end of service because even just the up and downs in these aisles to go and get your kids and then to bring them back up and then to squeeze in through the stadium seating is going to be really, really challenging. And so that's our ask of you is that you just start thinking about that now, it's just kind of preparing your hearts now for a little bit of a different experience for the parents in the room. Is that Okay. Okay. Good deal. Uh, Let me see if I have anything else here. I don't believe I do. So with new classrooms, uh, need 12-ish volunteers if they're biweekly. New setup and teardown, probably eight. Um, New check-in volunteers around six. And so as you've got your little sheets going around, if you'd like more information about that, you're not committing to anything for any of these teams really right now. You're just saying, hey, I'd be interested in hearing more about what those needs are. I see that hand. Uh, we've talked about that. I don't think we came up with a solution for a nursing mom's area right now, right? There is, There is. There is. Cool. Let's let's do this. We can we, We're we're about to shift into QA, so we can perfect. so we can do that. It's a good segue. It's
0: actually perfect. Why don't you guys stay up here with me? Um, Molly. No, no, where, where
2: yeah. Where where
0: did you there used is. to work? <laughs> where did it tell us? i and actually family from so I know really well. Good. She she teaches it taught at Linwood, so yeah also actually one other where's cooper where's cooper sorry yeah, yeah. cooper was like class president at linwood high school too so we show up rolling with royalty we got royalty in tow we, would you want to actually come up real quick so we can get this on the mic so it's recorded yeah we wanted pictures of the class president royalty that's good you tell us about the solution for
2: okay this. so the nursing's mom
1: room is actually up above the older student no younger student hallway um, and it's a fairly nice room. Um, if there's the more than lounge? no, okay. it's different than that. It's actually just outside my normal classroom. Um, we just have to have a key to get in. So um, there's really only room for one nursing mom, but we can make it so that several
2: of you could be in there. It's a, basically a closet <laughs> that they re- <laughs> put up some curtains, put up good. some stuff. and so like you could probably do. Probably three
1: comfortably in there, but no, it's not very big, unfortunately. Okay. So we won't have distributed audio. It, it correct. Yeah, probably not. It's really hard to get it up there. Yeah.
0: So. so we're going to try to work on some of those things. There, there's there'll be kind of a staged, uh, phased approach to some of this. That's a really good point to bring up, like when we get in day one, May 1st, we might not have all of the certain things, like I've been talking with some of the members of our design team and they want to do some stage backdrops and things like that. We're going to focus on just the absolute essentials for May 1st and then really try to keep building and as those ideas come up, keep working on solutions because a lot of this is under a little bit of a time crunch. So uh, I see a couple of questions that were rung in. Uh, are the service times going to be the same? Yes, at least for now, 9 and 11, we'll probably be able to be fine with that for the summertime. Although if um, if stuff keeps continuing to grow the way it is, at some point we may have to consider moving to like a three-morning service sort of a setup uh, because I don't know if you guys have noticed, it's been fuller here. Attendance has been up. And God's been really gracious to us in that way. And so maybe if by the time we get to the fall, if attendance is still that full and, and increasing, maybe we do a 830 10, 15, 11, 40, I don't know. I'll have to preach shorter, I guess. So uh, practice that over the summer. <sighs> Will there be, okay, the nine to one training day, is that something you can come when able or is there a need to attend the entire four hours?
1: I think the big ask would be try and get there right off the bat, Um, because it's gonna be really hard if we get halfway through and then people are showing up and we have to start over again and start over again. So the ideal would be if everyone's there at nine, uh, we'll kind of have some general orientation and then break into our different teams. Uh, But for some of the teams, they can probably get through, figure everything out and be done in half an hour or whatnot. And if you're done, leave. Um, so it won't be that everyone has to be there nine to one. Now, some of the groups like production team and whatnot is probably going to need longer to really figure out how things are going to work. And I will
0: say that first Sunday, we're going to go in, we're going to set up, and then we get to leave the stuff there overnight that first night so that when we come in on the very first Sunday, May 1st, it's already set up for us. It's a very nice and easy morning. We get to do the first teardown, and then after that, it's game on. And so... uh, uh, I will say this. I so I was involved with setup teardown in Federal Way for a little over a year, and I went to Linwood High School here with with a, a company, a guy who's helping us organize this. And I had been thinking this in the back of my mind, and he was the one who said it out loud. He said, "As far as setup teardown goes, this is about as ideal of a situation as you could possibly get." And so, like, thank you. i have been thinking that, and he uh, he concurred. So, anything else, Pastor Travis? permanent home. Do we plan to continue searching for a permanent home? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I will say that this is a good solution for us and so what it does is it takes some of the urgency out of it. Listen, we we really feel like it would be imprudent, it would be foolish, it would be not be a good use of the finances, the volunteer resources to just buy a building just because. We've looked at a couple buildings and it's like, well we could maybe make it work and we could spend all of our money and resources getting into it, but then You know, at the end of the day, I feel like that would pigeonhole us and it would not be good for the long-term health of the church, long-term well-being of the church. And so we're just going to wait and be patient and trust that God will provide for us at the right time, the right building that he wants for us to. So yes, we will keep looking. Uh, Our broker keeps sending us stuff. Hey, you guys want to look at this? You want to look at that? Like, that's out on, like, Whidbey Island. No. So, uh... But, you know, property's rare. It's hard to find. I'll tell you what. Um, he mentioned our, our friends over at Evergreen Church. So m- my friend Phil, he, was, he said that the majority of churches in, in Hawaii, in Honolulu in particular, they just do set up teardown because if you think property is hard to get here in Seattle, try finding property in Honolulu. And so he says that's just normal. That's just normal what they do is they go in, they set up, they tear down. Of course, they have the luxury of doing things like community group on the beach, but um, we're not resentful in any way. I think I saw a question about having child care available for the early morning setup. Um, you could answer, you could do that first, but my guess would probably be not.
2: So we have we have transition room available for once the team meeting starts, and so in this current. I mean, the way we do now and if the time stay the same, that'd be at 8.30, so that folks that are serving can go in and just be present for the prayer time and for that team meeting uh, without the encumbrance of their children spiraling around them. Um, I don't know if that will extend beyond that. My hunch would be no, especially at first, but it could be that if there's folks that step forward and say, hey, I'll, I'll volunteer so others can come and do that, um, then that'd be something we could look at as well.
0: Yeah, and I would say my experience with this in federal way was uh, it does not work well if you're gonna come early, you know, seven, 655 and come early and help to bring the littlest kiddos, but some of the older kiddos, seven, eight, nine, especially once they get into that age, they loved to come help early and go make sure that things were set up. And they can a lot of the cases are on wheels, and they can just help kind of roll them into the right place. And so some of the older kids, if if you uh, are parents of older kids, then yeah, I would definitely encourage you know you know dad you know dad time, dad and kiddo time, come early and and come do some setup together. Uh, but as far as like a, a child care option first thing in the morning, no, that's not going to be part of the run. Anything else?
1: What's it- number of volunteers needed and what do we have now? My off the cuff, we didn't do a total for total, but looking at some of the new kids ministry, as well as some of the new uh, setup and breakfast and different things, I'm going to guess we need roughly 30 more people or, or there are 30 more volunteer opportunities. I mean, right? Some of those, if you come and do setup, you can turn right around and do greeting. And so we've talked before about service Sundays. Like the day you're on, you could come and, and we, we have some people that do this. They come for like both morning services. They show up early, they help with one thing, they do something else in between services and then they help clean up at the end. So a handful of people doing that and we could knock out a bunch of spots. But we'll say about, about 30-ish opportunities that are additional.
0: Trust you with the math more than me.
1: That's a really rough guess. Uh, great question here. Are there any churches close by, and are we prepared to invite neighbors close by?
0: Uh, churches nearby to Linwood High School? Is that, is that what you're asking? Uh, yes, there is one church very close by, North, North Lake. Um, I don't actually have relationship with any of the leadership uh, at that church, but I know people who do, and so talked about that. Um, the other church that had been meeting in the school, Brookview, Brookview? They just moved into what was Briar Church's building in Dale's eminent domain, and uh, so there's relationship with them there. Uh, As far as the neighborhood invite, so here's one of the things that's going to, that really is interesting about us as a church, and it's been really proven over this building purchase um, process. We are a regional church. We have to think, we have to have a mindset like a regional church. And what I mean by regional church is some of you in this room are coming from as far south as, you know, Shoreline proper, deep into Shoreline. Some of you even have Seattle addresses. You're by Northgate or Lake City. Some of you are coming from as far north as Mukilteo or uh, North Everett, or sorry, South Everett, or uh, you guys are coming from the far east, like Kenmore and Bothell and, I mean, Duval? Duval? Family from Duval. No? No? Uh, it, and so we really have this: this people drive, and people people in the North Puget Sound. If it's important, they'll drive for it. I have seen this time and time again. If parents of kids, you've got 27 different dance studios, but there's the best one, and so you drive a half hour and you make sure your kid gets to that best one. I see it. So, so we have this regional mindset. If it's worth gathering to, huh? Like a kid's a kid. I don't do dance classes. Anymore, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I could use a dance class, my boy band. Yeah. Um, but you know what I mean. People, if if it's important or if it's valuable, if you like it, uh, when we were over at the the new uh, McMinniman's Anderson School, there, people I was talk, hearing people talk about they drove up from Ballard, they drove up from Fremont just to go hang out at McMiniman's because it's the cool new place or whatever. So people drive, and so this is this is what I mean. We we gather on Sundays, and then what we really have to have is this local mentality of, hey, we're with our community group in Edmonds, or we're with our community group in Kenmore, or we're with our community group in Linwood, and seeking to be a faithful gospel witness, a faithful gospel presence in the area where you live and where you uh, know your neighbors, et cetera. And so this whole, um, you know, getting involved in the neighborhood immediately around the school might not be the wisest, uh, I don't know what the right word would be, you know, tactic or approach for us, strategy, Thank think that's the word I was looking for, but to seek to gather together and then to take those strategies and implement them in our neighborhoods and I hope to, uh, part of this idea of this season of thriving is really seeing our community groups really tackle that idea of local mission more and more and more so that we're not relying upon, gather to a worship service for, that's evangelism, it's no you are equipped. You are the saints. You're equipped for the work of the ministry. Go and do the work of the ministry in your neighborhood as God leads you and calls you to. So that's a little bit of a long-winded answer. Uh, it's, North Road is not particularly high traffic or visibility, at least not on a Sunday morning, but we might get some drive-ins. And then the other thing, actually, where we could probably really be of, of help would be to invest in that school itself. So in this building, it's an empty building. There's no school that actively meets here. We have some relationship with the Shoreline School District, but it's pretty much a rental relationship. When we are in Linwood High School, actually, when we went there to look at it, we ran into one of the families from the church whose teenage daughter is a student at Linwood and obviously having a teacher. And so an opportunity for us to really relationally invest in and and serve and help the needs of that school will pay huge dividends in terms of just goodwill, love, respect, relationship with that with that school as well as hopefully gospel fruit seeing people meet Jesus through that. So and with Cooper's presidential reign, yeah.
1: I believe we are getting some new like welcome cards that will have the new address and inviting people to that that y'all can all take and we can pass those around business card, card tech things uh, we will also have parking signs out on the at least the street where you turn into the school we've talked about further down the road possibly getting some additional streets to put on the main drag on the south and the main drag to the north so that there would at least increase a little visibility so that people that otherwise wouldn't know might have an idea that we meet there so there's some things we can do we, we do want to let people know we're there uh, but to Pastor Aaron's point like our most strategic investment isn't to like all of a sudden create a bunch of opportunities in that neighborhood uh, but instead to keep investing in the community groups in the neighborhoods they're already in and things like that
0: I, w- I want to get one of those inflatable like car lot guys that like does that, that would get people
1: I told him I'd vote for it as long as it looked like him
0: <laughs>
1: um <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> that gonna happen I'm gonna- I had a great question. How many people do we need for setup and teardown? Uh, For the setup, really, uh, Pastor Shane talked about, I think, having some folks there to set up kids. But but so for example, like band is gonna be there to set up their stuff. So everybody that shows up early for the different teams will help get stuff out of the trailer. And then each area kind of sets their own up. And similarly, when it comes time for like cleanup, so if you're the cleanup, hospitality, everything goes back in the little travel case. And once it's locked up, then it gets hauled onto the trailer. So for kids ministry, as they're cleaning up their classrooms, it all goes back in their little travel cases. Once they're locked up, they wall- wheel them over to the trailer. So there's not necessarily a separate teardown team, it's whoever the cleanup folks are in all their respective areas are gonna be putting stuff in the travel cases and then rolling them down and putting them on the trader, does that make sense?
2: only nuance I'd add to that for kids team is, my hope is, is that maybe there are some, maybe there are are, are some wives that are serving or teaching in kids' men and their husbands aren't really engaged in that, that this is a way for some of the husbands maybe to say, hey, I'm going to serve with my wife in kids' ministry. I might be doing something else during, while they're in kids' men teaching, but then at the end, you know, I'm going to help do the teardown part and then get those things back to the trailer or the same thing on the front end. And so I'm thinking this is a way for spouses maybe in some cases to get to serve together uh, in a way, um, but not necessarily have to be right in the same space the whole time, so. That's
1: good. A few more? Yeah, I've got a handful I'm gonna run through. is there any storage on site at the Linwood High School? Uh, Technically no, uh, but Dale very quickly said, hey, I've got my own storage area, Yeah, the custodian. I've got my own area, a handful of stuff you can just store in there, but the bulk of it will end up having to go on the trailer and uh, go with us each week. But they've been really gracious. There've been several things where they've said, technically we're not supposed to, but y'all don't worry about it. We'll take care of that for you guys. Um, Do you know where we'll have midweek activities like students, other meetings? Uh, So we have offices, as Pastor Aram was saying, that we are looking to close the lease on this week. Uh, There'll be a large enough meeting room to do students, midweeks, classes. Uh, We'll have uh, rooms or offices large enough to do counseling there. So we will have a great space. Uh, Here's something that's been interesting to me. I thought once we broke this out and had the school and uh, permanent office space that we ended up paying a lot more than here because this has been extremely inexpensive space. But we're actually gonna be about the same, or even less, in our total outlays. Uh, that two thirds of the costs, at yeah. least currently. Once, if we end up having to get additional storage, that might bring us up closer to par. But, but God's been really gracious. I mean, we've really landed some really good locations, really good spots, and financially, we're going to be. Uh, I won't say our overall budget is less because we've had a new hire and some things, um, but a lot of those are helping build momentum for the church as we're continuing that to grow. Yeah. That, yeah. So anyway, so. Um, We do have space. Um, God's been really gracious in how that's come together, but I want you all to know that we're working to do this in a way that's still really cost effective. Um, Are we signing a lease? The school does a lease on their school year, so we'll have an initial lease through August, and then it'll be basically a one-year annual renewable August to August. Um, We're kind of going in with the expectation that we'll probably need to be prepared for about two years at minimum. That'll give us time to save so that we can be in a better position to make a purchase. Once we make a purchase, we can continue to stand there while we build out whatever that future Spaces. So it'd be fair for all of us to assume, uh, even our office, we have just asked right up front for a two-year lease for the office. So be fair to just prepare that that's probably at a minimum how long we'll be in these uh, temporary locations, and then we'll just see from there what God opens up. Uh, is there going to be a central volunteer contact? So like if we can do a service Sunday, etc. Uh, it is Michael, Michael at soundcitybiblechurch.com. Uh, Or for any of y'all that are already in contact with Kyle, Kyle will be helping with that as well. There will be kind of a handover period from uh, where Kyle's working with um, Michael. So either Kyle at Sound City Bible Church or Michael at Sound City Bible Church. Uh, Will we continue to have potlucks?
0: What? Or Travis? Nope.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I rebuke that line. Um, Will we... (laughs) I love working with the operations teams, but... um, Will we still be able to have potlucks? Uh, It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, Candidly, we could. They've said we're game to bring food in. And their foyer is. Their foyer, our entire church can fit in the foyer comfortably, like twice over. So we could do some really epic potlucks there if we want to. Um, We'll just have to see how that looks. Um,
0: Chris, I'm emailing you a photo. Hold on.
1: Uh, Do you have the roller storage cases for each classroom like we had in Federal Way? I wasn't part of Federal Way, but that is exactly what we're after. Yes. Yes, we will be trying to get. (laughs)
0: Actually, Resurrection Church in Tacoma is giving us four this week.
1: So we might have some of the same ones, actually.
0: I told Bubba I wouldn't be his friend anymore.
1: Somebody asked if I could say y'all again. (laughs) I think I think I think we've got that covered. Somebody asked about um, baptisms. I thought that would be a no-go, and I mentioned it in front of the lady who's been our primary contact getting the lease set up. She's like, oh, y'all could totally set up your baptism tank out here in the foyer. So it might not be in service, uh, but we could potentially break from the service, go right out in the foyer and do that. So just know that that, that is possible. Uh, if not, we always have the Puget Sound.
0: <laughs> in January.
1: And then, do you want to tuck on that one, uh, or I'm glad to as well. In a
0: area. can 5 p.m. service be in a public area, a park or a beach? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, for summertime, a, a, a park, something or other, would be wonderful. I think that's a great idea. Like I said, looking at um, you know something like a, a side room at a restaurant where it's like semi-private, so you can kind of have a little bit of space for that. But um, the uh, the the public nature of would be fine. I think the summertime, a beach would be great, and we got access to a beach we could use. All right. Here's what we got to do. We got to, we want to, okay. How much capital is stored for a facility purchase? How much does roughly need for a building down payment and improvement cost? Those are such wide ranging numbers. It's hard to answer. How much is saved? Uh, Last I checked, we have approximately $750,000 in our... Savings sitting there. Some of that is specifically earmarked for buildings. Some of that is just general. Um, if you're going to buy a building, you know something that's going to fit us uh, in terms of how many people we have. If we were, if we were a smaller church, buying a building would be, well, in one sense, it'd be easier because there are smaller buildings you can find. But we have, you know, 550-ish people coming every single week, and so you can't just buy any little building and, and fit everybody. And so, a building that's going to really fit us is going to anywhere between three to Six million dollars to purchase, which is a lot of money. Uh, And usually banks want 30%, so you guys can do the math on that for what a down payment is. We have found a an organization that loans to, or they're a, Christian loan, a lending organization, and they're willing to be more flexible with us. And actually, I have relationship with another church that used them for a refinance, they're a reputable company. It's been a really good experience. And so they're maybe able to get us in for more like 15% or so. Was it 15, 20% less than that? Um, and then they can help with that. So it, it really is rough. It's a scenario by scenario thing. You can't just put like a single number on it. And honestly, that's been one of the biggest difficulties with this is if, if we were able to stand up in front of you and say, here is building X. We have found, here's our promised land. And we're going to cross over the Jordan and get into this place. I think you guys would be excited. I think you guys be like, yeah, let's rally. Let's let's do some fundraisers. Let's, let's give toward it. But because we don't have a specific target identified, it's like, let's save for a building. Which one? We don't know. And so it's just been kind of hard to really inspire you with that imprecise of a capital campaign. All that to say, I really firmly believe that God has good things for us going forward here. Let me, let me just close with three really, really brief, brief points. <laughs> um, whoever texted that one can come talk to me afterwards. <laughs> come talk to me one-on-one. This is being recorded. Um, Oh, Wayne, did you have a question in the back? Oh, great question. Thank you. So we made sure uh, there is, if you come in, if you get there early and you come in, uh, if, if you're in wheelchair or, or, or walkers or even some of our elderly members that don't like a lot of stairs, there's spots right there in the front. If you happen to come late, there is an elevator that takes you up to the second level, and you can go in, and there's much more spot in the back. So fully ADA compliant and uh, able to be – it's a little bit of a trek from where the elevator is across the – it's like a sky bridge. If you guys haven't been in the New Lewin High School, it's like being in an airport or a mall or something. It's not – my, my school was nothing like that. But it's, yes, great question. Thank you for asking. ADA compliant. And we're uh, looking all of our office spaces that we've looked at in, and long-term purchases. We've been really uh, cognizant of, of ADA access. We actually turned down an office space this week because it was all stairs to get up. So a lot of people would have trouble getting there for any classes, things like that. Let me just close with this. How you can help. Number one, obviously, prayer. And that is not lip service, not just saying that because we really want to be people of prayer. Uh, We do not want to make decisions based out of our own wisdom or our own ideas. We want to be led by the Holy Spirit. And I believe that God is leading us into a season of really thriving. It doesn't matter if we're meeting on a beach in Hawaii or meeting in a high school in Linwood or meeting in a barn in Briar. It doesn't matter because I believe that Jesus has work that he wants to do in us and through us. And that's what I'm inviting us all to. The second way that you can help is by volunteering. And actually, more so than volunteering, here, here's, what my, here's my suspicion. The majority of you who are here in this room right now, you are here because you're a committed part of this church and you're already volunteering in some capacity. What, what, what we have to do is we have to have a mindset and a mentality of recruiting. So if, if you're serving on a team and there's six of you that serve on that team and each of you recruits one person, well, you've just now doubled your team. A lot of people think, oh, the best way to get new volunteers is if the pastors stand up on the stage and tell everybody. And we honestly don't see very good results from that ever, ever. It's been, you know, I've been involved in... in vocational ministry now for better part of a decade. You just don't see good results from that. The best way people join teams and stick on teams is through a personal invite. Think about how you got involved in the team that you're involved in. So volunteering, yes, but recruiting as well and thinking, hey, I know, I've know i got a friend from community group or somebody who's just only a little bit connected with the church. Let's talk to him about getting involved. And then here's one other one, and this is just really practical. would encourage you, if you could, to, to set up regular financial giving via CCB, not the city. Here's... Here's why that's important. Two things about it. Number one, if you give through CCB, you can set it up to go right from your checking account, and it The merchant fees, the processing fees, are zero for that, whereas if you pay with your debit card, your credit card, they take a a percentage out of that, and so the church doesn't get all of the money that you're giving. The banks take fees and merchant fees and all that stuff. But the other thing is, is the regular giving. If you set it up to just automatically do once a month or once a week or every other week, however you want to set it up, what that enables for us as the church leadership, the elders, and the financial accountability team is that gives us a more steady picture of what our income is. And and that just helps so that we're not having to anticipate peaks and valleys. You know, the typical thing is in summertime, people go camping or they go on vacations. Attendance goes down, giving goes down. You know, it was interesting last year as we saw attendance definitely went down because the sun came out and people were playing. Giving really did not dip that much. It was not the same percentage of giving that went down as far as attendance went down and I think that was because a lot of you were doing regular online giving via CCB and so if you'd like help with that, that's a help for your church leaders just for planning purposes. It's nothing it's nothing magical but it just just helps us plan and prepare better. and if you need help with that, um, any one of us would love to help you set that up, figure out how to do it um, if you're confused by you know the computers and things like that. So those are just some simple things you could do to help. pray obviously, Get involved, recruit some others, and then consider setting up regular financial giving via CCB. So here's what we can do. I'll close our time in prayer before you go. Please fill out that card. And if you're already involved in teams, you can check those boxes you're already involved in. If you're interested in multiple ones and want to get contacted, give that to us. Uh, we've got Cooper and uh, uh, Rob in the back there with buckets. You guys can drop it in those buckets. We'll collect them that way. And then for those of you who have, I know kids ministry has a breakout. Um, anybody who is involved with like the Sunday operations. And wants to stick around. Travis, are you going to leave that just right in this room here? Okay, sounds good. Let me pray, and then we'll break out. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for your grace. We want to give you all of the praise and all of the worship. Uh, because you're so good to us. God, I ask that um, you would help these next few weeks as as busy as they are going to be for some of us. God, I pray that they would be memorable weeks, they'd be fun weeks, and we'd really pull together as a church family and bond together uh, over this project that you've called us to. And ultimately, Jesus, it's not the room that's important. It's not the, the layout of the facility or any of that. The building is not the church. Your people are the church. And so, I pray that you would help us to love one another really well, care for one another really well, and at the end of the day, uh, do all that we do to glorify God. Thank you for this amazing group of people. God, I love this church so deeply. And um, yeah, I just couldn't imagine being anywhere else or doing anything else other than uh, following you with this group right here. I ask your blessing on our breakout times. ask blessing on those who uh, have to go. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.